Good morning. I thank the Lord for giving me a privilege to come with my dear wife to be one among you this morning to worship the Lord in the Calvary Bible Church family. We feel it is a privilege to be one of the family members of the Calvary Bible Church. And uh, this is the, the last Sunday, the day where we spend with you before we leave to India tomorrow. We're so grateful to the Lord and thankful to all of your pastoral board and the missions committee deacons for inviting me and my wife to be a guest of your church family. We arrived in Bahamas in NASA on the 19th of October this year. I spoke in the Abundant Life Bible Church on 20th, Sunday morning and night. And 21st Monday, I called your office, church office, seeking an appointment to come and share the report of our work in India in your church. Pastor Albany took the phone and told me that all the Sundays have been booked and only 8th of December was open. I thank the Lord because on 9th of December we have to leave this land. <laughs> and I've been praying since that we want to visit before we leave. Lord, open your door for us. And after 15 days, Pastor Albert called me without my expectation and told me our church committee, mission committee, and deacons accepted to have you in our church on 8th Sunday. So that was a wonderful news to me. And I rejoice very much because we just go home after seeing you and spending time with you today. And I've been praying to the Lord that I don't like to go India without coming here, having fellowship with your church because I want to share good news that your church has done for us in India to share with you. I don't like to go home without sharing the good news that your church supporters sponsored four wells in India. So God has really a great God and he has given us a time of sharing uh, the things that uh, God wanted me to share with you this morning. I would like to ask my wife to come and just uh, say greetings to you before uh, I'm going to speak to you. Just come for a minute, please. I don't know, she's feeling shy. I don't know why she's feeling shy, but come on. Come and thank the people, all the pastors here. <laughs> she's a wonderful lady and uh, she's doing a wonderful job among the women in India. So, 
uh, we need your prayers for her woman ministry along with uh, woman Bible woman. She, is, she and her team of 25 Bible women going every weekend to different villages to share the gospel with the ladies to staying at home, those who are persecuted and uh, neglected by their husbands and their families. And um, in spite of so many abuses and uh, sufferings, the team of our uh, women um, ladies, Bible ladies, uh, under the uh, direction of uh, Mrs. Grace, uh, they are visiting and sharing and so forth. They won over 25,000 souls of women in different villages since 1981. <laughs> since we left your church last year, and almost all one year, Grace and her Bible team of 25, 177 souls in last year. So I want to uh, tell those things about my wife, my dear wife, and we're so grateful to you. You want to say any word? Just come. <laughs> Don't feel shy, just speak. I praise the Lord and thank the Lord to be here with the God's people in a service in last Sunday we, before we leave. And it's, our, it's my privilege, I thinking and praying for the Lord. Uh, this is a Christmas season all people have to enjoy. <laughs> Joy to the world like that. Because I am so happy to see you again before I leave in India. I have a five children. I have a um, uh, big ministry in India. Between women's meetings. There we conduct the women's meeting in separate villages. They, they, they are Hindu religious in India, we have a lot of religious. It's a religious country in India. Some 3% of Christians, almost Hindu religion. Hindu religion means they worship their ideal gods. They, they know Jesus Christ if they don't accept it. With Christianity, is untouchable to their thinking like that. We have, in India, women wear the saris like this. Saris, Sari, this one, and lot of gold they wear, and worship their husbands and in, at home. Without her husband knowledge, they won't come out. Somehow in jobs, okay, about India. I want to sing some Christmas song in Telugu. It's our language, Telugu. This is a Christmas month, but we can we, we worship this Lord like this. Can I sing Telugu yeah. for a moment? Okay, if you want. <laughs> you can't understand, but the, I want to sing. <laughs> oh, Sadbhaktulara Loka Rakshakundu Bethlehe Mandu Nedu Jan Minchin Raja Namaskarim Parandi, Namaskarim Parandi, Namaskarim Parandi, Yutsa Hamuto. Thank you.
Thank you. I think you know the song in English, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. We have several songs uh, in our languages in India. We got 42 languages in India officially uh, recognized. But actually we have 200, uh, 1600 dialogues in India. We don't know some people's language. We don't know the, the people living in other state, their language. We are almost all foreigners when we go to the other states, even in India, <laughs> because we don't know their language. Well, uh, I want to share with you the good news about uh, last year when we were here in our church, uh, the church had given us a wonderful love offering. But when we go to India, we received $8,000 to drill and provide pure drinking water in four villages. Each, each well cost about $2,000. Your church is the only church among all the churches we visited last year, which able to provide the biggest support, a provision of water to people living in India than any other churches in the land, in your land. So we drilled four wells in different places, different villages, where there is no total drinking water, pure drinking water. Most of the people in the villages and remote areas, they go to bring water from a lake or from other small um, small rivers or creeks where they wash their clothes, where the buffaloes or cows washed. Even in India, in the villages, they do not have toilets. They go into the bushes. So when they come, they want to even wash their bottom in the same lakes. So same water they are drinking. And most of people, especially children and the old people, dying with diarrhea and several diseases. But you help in four villages where people, all, all communities, all religions come to our well, which you provided in every village, drawing water with great joy and drinking. And they saw, they told me that most of the sickness have been gone. There is no need of taking, drinking dirty water. In the, in the four villages, in last year, up to from last October till this um, September, total in four villages, you had 620 souls saved because of the wells. That credit goes to you, your church. 
How did it happen? When the people come to draw water into the well, the preacher, local preacher, shared the gospel to them. Because we are able to provide them something to drink, a pure water. There is no opposition to the gospel preaching now. Before we had that, there was beating. There was persecution by Hindu people, Muslim people. Several believers have been beaten and sent out from their own families because of their faith in Christ. Since you provided wells in four villages, we face very little opposition, not much persecution to preach the gospel. And you know, four churches have been established in four villages because of your wells. So, in the days to come, as long as the well is providing pure drinking water in four villages, I hope that entire villages are going to be one for the Lord. What is a great testimony of your church having in India? You read, you see the the pictures which we sent to your church, even the drilling mission and how the drilling, how the well is fixed. We sent everything. So, even the drawing of the water, people come with their tom, um, um, I mean, all these things, uh, you come, the, the vessels, they bring and drink, take the water. We have host churches. The four villages need a church building, each one. There are 40, 45, 60, and even 80 people God saved different villages. They're worshiping in a small hut, unable to accommodate. In two villages, they worship the Lord under a tree and shouted because the village people live in a small thatched roof huts and mud wall. Not even accommodate a family. They sleep on the floor. So they need a church building. Each four villages need a church building, which costs about $18,000. Where you can accommodate 150 to 200 people sitting on the floor in a village. So I want... The Lord will enable your church to provide four churches and four villages so that they may have worship place like you. And uh, uh, the plaque name, Calvary Bible Church. The well is sponsored by the Calvary Bible Church, NASA. You can see the pictures. Of course, that time Pastor Lee was here. I'm sorry, not he's not here because of his illness. We pray for him. So we kept the name on the river church name, Pastor Alan Lee. I don't know whose name is going to be under next time when some wells are going to be provided by you. So actually, our base now in the Bahamas is Calvary Bible Church. 
And we want to be called as the missionaries in India of the Calvary Bible Church in NASA. I don't know whether your missions committee will accept us or not, but you have to accept because you got ministry in India. Your church is always remembering in India. Because of your church, because of your provision of wells, you have four sister churches planted in India. So that is only the church out of all these Bahamas land, islands, having a good ministry of soul winning and church planting. Hope it will be continued in the days to come in more villages. This church can take the gospel through us by providing something like that. And maybe some villages through your praise, through your help, be one for the Lord, for his glory in India. I want you to pray. We're so thankful to you. All of the four religious preachers and the people are so thankful. And every time they pray for you in their churches. Me and my wife also always remembering you, pray for you. My daughter Beulah was last year with you. And she got married. And she and her husband both are enjoying together. So they ask us to give you their greetings. Uh, we are actual missionaries, first time invited by the Abundant Bible Church in 1987. So since 1987, we have been the missionaries of the Abundant Bible Church in Nassau. We have visited five to six times uh, under their uh, invitation. And this time, I wrote several churches to get the invitation so that we can apply for the obtaining visa from British government in India, British Embassy in India. So we got only invitation from the uh, New Testament Baptist Church, Pastor Dave Adams. So we applied for the um, visa to come to Bahamas this year. Uh, it was kept four months our passports with the British High Commissioner in India because that invitation was not enough for them to issue visa. It's a small church and they kept four months our passports and at last they gave us and uh, with the hope they said that they need invitations but the bigger churches in NASA so that not only one church but at least two, three churches so that it is easy for them to issue visa to visit uh, again Bahama. So I request you to pray for that. And um, we are so grateful to the Lord for allowing us to come this morning and share what the Lord is doing in India through your church, through your provision of water to the villages. And hope that your church will be continue as a mission church in India and win many souls and plant many churches in the days to come uh, through your prayers and through your support. Um, so far, there is, some, there is some confusion among the, the name Baptist. I want to say something like this. I am not belongs to any Baptist organization. 
I'm not belongs to any Baptist church, any country. I'm not belongs to the group of Baptists anywhere. I'm called in India like this Joshua the Baptist. And my organization name is also the Baptist Missions Center, not Baptist. Why I have the Baptist means when I when I read the New Testament, the Baptist is a title, a designation given to a preacher by God. What is the designation that explain in the name of Baptist? Number one, John 1, 6 to 8, when you read, John told that he came into the world. God sent him to be a witness unto the light. The light which is Jesus Christ himself, John 8, 12. When you read the Gospel of John 5, verse 33, Jesus himself testified about John that he bear the witness unto the truth. That means the truth is Jesus Christ. So he is the one who bear the witness unto the truth, which is Jesus Christ. Number three, John 5.35, Jesus again testified of John like this. He was a burning and a shining light. That is what the Baptist to be. Even if you have these qualities, qualifications as a believer of Christ, you are the Baptist. The Baptist is the one who bear the witness unto the Lord. The Baptist is the one who bear the witness unto the light. The Baptist is the one who burn himself in order to shine the light of Jesus Christ through his life. That's what I mean to that. Therefore, I, I'm evangelical. So, do not be confused about the the name Baptist. Baptist is not a name of a person, name of a church, name of an organization in the, in the Bible. It is a title and a designation of the work that the person, John, should do before Christ come. It's a mission. The first title of a missionary in the Bible. The second title of a missionary is Christ which is of Jesus. The Christ is the title for him that he has to give his life in order to save people from their sin. The one who is going to give his life to the people in order to save them is Christ. The third title given in the New Testament is Apostle. That means the Lord sent someone to preach him in this world. Later when you see the titles given in the Epistle of Ephesians chapter 4. Beginning from 11th verse to the 13th verses. You see like this. There are prophets. It's gone. The time has gone prophets. 
and the apostles they have been gone and there are pastors, elders and evangelists there which are still existing. Some churches call elders, some churches call pastors, some churches call something like teachers, Bible teachers. All are equal according to the Peter, first Peter. He said, I am the elder. So we need to read the Bible in order to understand all these titles of their ministries. The mission of God is to save sinners from this, from their, from their sin. That is the mission. The mission of John the Baptist is to introduce the Son of God as the Lamb of God who was going to die and give himself in order to save people. So he performed that. In John 1, 29 through 34, John the Baptist, when Jesus was coming to him in the river of Jordan, where he was baptizing people, and he showed them Jesus and told like this, Behold, the Lamb of God would take it away the sins of the world. That was the end of the mission of John the Baptist. The John the Baptist ended his mission, then Jesus himself continued the same mission of preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, which John did according to the gospel of Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. He began preaching the gospel according regarding the, the kingdom of heaven. And those people coming to him, he baptized them, those who were confessing their sins. Before he was preaching, he said like this, Repent, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same preaching as Continued by Jesus himself in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 when John was jailed and he continued the same Gospel preaching for which the mission of God established in the world to go around preaching the Gospel of the Kingdom of God. So that people can come in and join in the kingdom of God in different place, different names of churches, different names of groups, but all together in one group in heaven, which is called the kingdom of God. We're all going to join with him according to the Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. All the Israelites and all the Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ even this world, in this world belongs to different groups, different churches. The names of groups are given by the people, not by God. We name according to our convenience. But the Bible said only one name which is called the kingdom of God. And we're all joined together in one church, in one kingdom which is of Jesus Christ. So, that is what the Bible teaches. The mission of John the Baptist, even before he was born, it was declared by the angel of Lord, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. 
And the same he did in the 12th chapter of Luke and 12th chapter of Matthew. When he completed, Jesus began his, his ministry by preaching the same gospel of kingdom of heaven. And he himself revealed the mission that he has come for. When you read the gospel of Mark chapter 10 verse 45, he said, the Son of Man came to give his blood as a ransom for the sins of the people. That is his mission. The mission of John, the Baptist is introduced, the missionary, which is Jesus Christ, who is going to give his life in order to save people from their sin. Like a lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus himself said, yes, I'm going to give my life. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 17, 18. It is I that going to give my life. Nobody has a right to take away my life. And I give it, I'll take it back. That's what he said. Without shedding the blood, there is no remission of sin in the world. According to the epistle of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 22. The same was written in the scriptures of the Hindu religion is called Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad is God, Gita is teaching. The Hindu religion in India is a big one. They feel that their religion, the India is a religious country of Hindu religion. They don't allow it called as any other religion. They think that the Western country all the people in the Western countries are having a religion called Christianity that is not belongs to India. And Jesus Christ may be God of Christianity, Christians in the Western country, not India. So they have over 37 million gods and goddesses. They worship. They worship animals, they worship snakes, they worship people, they worship everything. They worship not for going to be in heaven or going to be with God. They worship their gods, goddesses, everything just for the benefits and the blessings of this world in life. The prosperity of this world, which many Christians today preach in. Jesus Christ not come to this world to give you prosperity alone of this world. He wants to come, he came, he wants to give you all the prosperity of heaven, but he wants to give us the prosperity of this world also when you seek the first, the kingdom of heaven. The Christian people mostly now, they're not seeking the kingdom of heaven for which God has sent his son, Jesus, to preach. Most of the preachers preaching the prosperity of this world, forgetting the prosperity of Heavenly Jesus said, you first seek the kingdom of God, then you will get all the things what you need. He promised us that he will give us this world, what we need, when we seek first his kingdom. Gospel of Matthew 6, 33-33. So this Hindu people, it is written like this. There is a a book, there is a chapter called Rigveda. It is written like this. 
All the people, those who are become sinners, they must get a lamb or an animal which is holy, not having any other thing, just clean, and put their hands upon the head of this animal and confess their sins. Then Prajapati, a leader of the people, take this animal to the wilderness and hand that animal onto a tree, piercing with the four thorns, each one each leg, and the thorns plenty upon its head, so that the animal can shed its blood, which is a ransom of the people, their sins, who confess their sins upon having their heads, hands upon the head of this animal. That was a Hindu scripture written long time back. So we preach that scripture taking from their own religious book and we tell them it is accomplished in Jesus Christ. Even the scripture focus and the prophecy in their religion that Jesus Christ sacrificial act on the cross. So there was none. No animal like Therefore, even the Bible said, he is the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. The Hindus believe is like this. They don't believe any life after death in heaven or in hell. They believe reincarnation. We live, we die, we're born again as an animal, as an ant, as a bird, something like that. But we preach the resurrection in the place of reincarnation. That's one of the difference we have. People want to hear, but they don't want to believe. The problem is in India among the Hindu people and the Muslims, the Hindus are the 80% of our population of 1.25 billion. Indian population is 1.250 million. 1 billion, 250 million. Among them, 80% are Hindus. Very strong Hindu motivated militants still continuing in their religion. They don't like to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ they want to continue their traditional religious feelings, beliefs. They want to continue. If anybody wants to be a Christian, having faith in Christ, they have to suffer in law. Even if they belong to rich families, well-to-do families, you know, even in India, everything is handled by the Hindu people. All the government, Officers, employees, the Hindus, all the businesses, all the factories, and all the resources available are in the hands of Hindus. And all the lands, agriculture, and other lands owned by the Hindu people. They're rich people. But the poor people are the Christian people because. Even though the Christian people belongs to rich families, one time, 
Because of their faith in Christ, they have been excommunicated from their families, sent over from their families, even killed by their own family members. They are under persecution. Even though they belong to rich families before they believe Christ, because of their faith in Christ, they become poor, sent out from their families. So that is the problem facing in India. Out of all these preaching so far, we have only 2.75% Christians, including Roman Catholics, Anglicans, and other liberal Christians too. But we have to work long. We have to win millions of souls in India. But we don't have any resources to meet any expenses there. We are there to undergo the persecution, suffering, and abolition, beating, everything we can endure. We want by to continue preaching, but we need some help financial in order to meet the expenses of our ministry. Why these people do not believe in Jesus Christ? They know that he is true God. But they don't like to accept him because they want to continue to be their religion, the big, big, big religion in their country. All the wealthy people, even the doctors, the Hindu doctors from India or other people here living, the Hindus, they get money sent to their own temple. And all these Christian people will be under persecution. No reservations for them in jobs. No employment. Nothing is available. They have to forgive any help from the government giving to the poor because of their faith in Christ. But if you are poor Hindu, the government can give you scholarship for your children to educate, give you a, a, a portion of reservation Providing some job. Sometimes in some villages, even Christian labor people are not able to be invited by the landlords to work in the field. Most of the Christians are laborers working in the fields, no income. Even the father, mother, and children, under pennies more, go to the work along with parents and get money. If anyone works all day, they'll get just $2 a wages per day, which is not enough for their feeding, their families. Therefore, we come here, all the way from India, even to see God's people who are blessed. There is no persecution, no opposition, nothing else there. In your countries, you're enjoying the privileges given by God. You're enjoying the freedom given by God. You're enjoying every blessing that's given by God. God wants someone to be blessed in order to give his blessing through him to the people who are in need of the blessing. That is the freedom we have here. But we are facing problem. Persecution there. And you have to support. When you remember the church Antioch, when there was the persecution in the church of Jerusalem, according to the 11th chapter of Acts, the last verse. The Antioch Church, which was a church of Gentiles, there was no persecution. They were well off, now blessed. So the Antioch Church members collected 
have lived and sent to Jerusalem, which are persecution there. And you see, the Macedonian church, a small church, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we read, the Macedonian church members are poor. Even though they were poor, they gave liberally beyond their poverty to a little man. And they sent their money to the oppressed people in Jerusalem. You think any church in the Bible, even the church at Philippi, Paul, fourth chapter, 10th verse, 14th verse, and 16th verse, Paul prayed the Philippi church because they supported him and his ministry when he was in need of it. Therefore, he said, in the 19th verse of Philippians 4 chapter, he said, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches. Because when I am in need of some help in preaching the gospel, he will just supply me. Therefore, my God will supply you your needs according to his riches. So, this is very important. One place God blesses somebody, one place God still using to make blessing, give his blessings to someone when they're suffering. But people must realize, God's people must realize that the people are need someone from us. They must do that. Help them in continuing their work for the Lord. When Jesus and his disciples ministering, I don't know whether you know that or not, when you read the, the Gospel of Luke chapter 3, beginning from 1 through 3 verses, there are set to the woman, well to the woman, the names were written there, and it is said many others ministered unto him according to their riches. With their means, it is written there. Even the ministry the ministry of Jesus of preaching the gospel of kingdom was sponsored, supported by the followings of Jesus Christ. The well-to-do woman were blessed with their means, with their means. You know, helping the mission of God is also part of the ministry. Therefore, it is written, they ministered unto him with their substance. When you do something for the needy, that is also part of your ministry, and you're ministering the Lord Jesus Christ. You may not go to personally to some place and preach the gospel, but your money can make somebody to win your soul in some place in your behalf. And that will be counted in heaven in your record. A soul be won by somebody. So I just want you to remember all these things. When we read the Bible, the fourth chapter of Genesis, the first family, it is written like this. Two sons of Adam and Eve brought offerings to offer to God. How it was happening? Unless Adam and Eve did not do that before, how they were able to make their children to do the same. Because Adam
Adam and Eve were doing a bringing the offering which they got to the Lord. Even the children followed the same. Bringing the offering to the Lord. Even though Adam and Eve were sent out from the Garden of Eden, even though Adam and Eve were sent out from the presence of God, even though Adam and Eve were cursed by God, even though Adam and Eve lost their glory with God. But when they began their family life in this land, in the, in the earth, they still thankful to God because God never killed them and God covered their bodies with the skin of cloths. They remember the love of God. God went to kill them. You will die when you eat the fruit, but God never killed them. They remember the blessing and the love of God. For that, they were always grateful to Him and able to worship Him. When Eve got first child, she praised God in the first verse of fourth chapter. When Abel was killed and God another child, Eve, 25th verse of fourth chapter of Genesis, she praised God. How the family, a godly family, and how these children brought to the, to the Lord offering. Though Cain's offering was not accepted, but that is a different story. But the children were able to talk by the parents to give thankful offering to the Lord because the Lord has provided them everything in this world. Why the offering was kind did not accepted by God. Kind did not give offering according to God's blessings he received. He did not give himself totally surrendered to God. That's what I mean. You know, when you read the Bible, fifth chapter of Genesis, all the genealogy of Adam's family, everyone was godly. And even the worship of God has begun when Adam got a grandchild. The 26th of verse of fourth chapter. They continue like that. So every offering is his call our thanksgiving offering. And the second offering given by Abraham in the fourteenth chapter of Genesis. That is, he called time for which he gave because God made him to win the battle with the enemy. And he got all the family members safely, all the wealth safely. So in order to thank the Lord, he offered a thankful offering which is called a time. He gave it. When 28th chapter of Genesis, when Jacob was about to go away from the home when he was sleeping and he got a vision, and he promised God, God, if you bring me safely to my place, if you give me food, if you give me clothes, then I will give you time, which is called the offering of thanksgiving. So when the people brought forth out of the land of Egypt, when you read the 25th chapter of Exodus, in the first few verses, 
God commanded Moses to collect offerings from the people of God, not from outsiders, from the people of God in order to build a tent for his dwelling. When you read 35th chapter of Exodus, God again commanded Moses to collect offerings from his people to meet the expenses of the ministry of the dwelling place of God. I can tell you so many like that. So every time God wanted offerings for his work, for his uh, ministry, from the people whom he called my people. Not from outsiders. Because God always blessing the people whom he accepted as his people. Therefore he commanded them as his people to give in order to continue his work in this world. In order to get more people to bring and to join in his order of kingdom. Is king. Then when you go to First Chronicles chapter 29, you know what David said, Psalm 18, God are loving. 116, he said, God are loving. But the love that he has for God has been revealed, he himself revealed or explained in giving to God. You remember, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. That's what God did this all. In the uh, uh, Gospel of John 3.16, God said, God so loved the world. That is the word came out of God's mouth. The next portion, the next part you read, therefore he gave his begotten son. Only begotten son. Only begotten means the entire property which God has with him, he put in his son and gave total for you and for me in the form of his son. We are to give his life. We are to save our lives from sin. So always giving, not by talking, in action, God showed like that. Therefore David said, First Chronicles 29 chapter verse 3, he said, I love the Lord. 116 Psalm, he said 12 verse, what shall I render? Because God has blessed me so much. I must do this, I must all this, I must pay him. He didn't mind. When you read 1 Corinthians 29, third verse he said, Because of my affection towards the house of the Lord, I give so much gold, I give so much of silver, I give so much of so and so and so. And in the 14th verse he said, same chapter, God, we give you out of what you give it to us. Everything belongs to you. From you are giving, we give something to you back. Remember that we have everything because God has given us. Read Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. It is written like this. Whatever you have, 
serve, it is because of His grace. God has given you ability. Therefore, He said, the Bible said, 16, 17 Deuteronomy, you have to give to Him according to the ability, according to the blessing that God has given to you. God will accept you early, the offering we give to Him according to, should be according to His ability that He has given to us, according to the blessing that we will receive. Only when you give Him according to ability that He has given you, according to the blessing that He has received you from Him, that offering will be accepted by Him. He will not accept anything because He knows how much ability He has given to you in order to get your money. He knows how much blessing he has given to you. And it should, your giving should comply, show, exhibit that this giving is the ability that God has given me, the blessing that I received from me. Must show to God. Then your offering will be accepted. That's what God has done. When you read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a child was born, a child was given. God has given a child which is called Son of God in the name of Jesus. And you read Matthew 121. He came to save sinners. Just for a mission, saving sinners. He's a given son. See, Christmas, for me, it is not a a son was born out of the womb of Mary. That is true. It's a good time. But God said, Jesus said, I came from heaven. When you read John 6, 38, I come from heaven. When you read 16 chapter of John, 28 verse, I came from my father, I'm going back to my father. So the Christmas is an evening, is the day that God came down from heaven to the earth in order to save all the people. That is real Christmas. Not that one man, even. I will watch it. But he came down through the womb of a virgin in order to have the flesh. The flesh he has to have because the flesh has the blood to shed. In order to shed the blood, he must have the flesh. Therefore, John 1 14 says, The Word, which was God, became flesh. And you read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, 14 15, the flesh has because. Because having flesh, he has to shed the blood. Without flesh, there is no blood now. But when he said, I'm going to die, hurry, and throw the rose up, Go to my father. He went to the father. And he gave us the last prophecy in Revelation from heaven. He spoke four gospels when he was in the earth. But he gave all the total final preaching, final teaching of his coming in the book of Revelation. And he said, 118, even though I died and buried, I rose again. I'm living forever in heaven. I'm coming, he said. 